I'm Haley. And I'm Riley. And this is Movies Better, Yeah Right. A podcast where we see how our favorite YA reads and their adaptations stack up against each other. I'm a full-time writer, reader, and proud owner of four library cards. And I'm a never writer, sometimes reader, and avid movie watcher. We've been friends for six years and bond best over books and movies based off them. But instead of watching together and annoying everyone around us with our nonstop commentary, we've brought our hot takes here for you. So whether you read along, watch along, both or neither, join us as we work our way through the YA genre. Hi guys! Welcome to our Hunger Games episode. We have read the Suzanne Collins book and watched, I don't know where you watched, but I watched the movie on Hulu. We are very excited. It's our first dystopian read. Yes, I know. We've been pretty romancy lately, but I feel like dystopian was like such a huge YA trend for so long. Into that trend? Maybe not as into it as I was like the vampires and that kind of thing and like the cutesy romances because I was looking at like which books came out around the same time and I saw like Divergent I definitely was big on but then like Maze Runner or The Fifth Wave or The Hundred like I didn't read any of those so I think if it was dystopian but not romance I like wasn't as interested probably same here because I was like hardcore dystopia fan from like middle grade on like I liked The Giver and like City of Ember and all of those and then I read the Ugly series over and over again divergent delirium but all of those have delirium yeah i liked delirium and the match a bunch yeah i think there needed to be a little bit of romance maze runner was all right to me i read that series is really long i think i need just like a trilogy just like a dystopian three-parter yeah even this now the hunger games i it started as a trilogy and then now i think there's a bunch more books right there's just the prequel is that the only one i thought there was something else too but maybe i'm confused because they also split the mockingjay movie which always throws me for a loop hollywood like i mean harry potter did that divergent did that and then that last one didn't even come out in theaters um the hunger games books are wow my wi-fi in this closet is slow it's just a trilogy in the prequel is the prequel the ballad of the songbird thing ah and that has a movie coming out in november i think the book came out during covid and then the movie's coming out later this year and i haven't read it it's part of my hot take actually so i'm gonna jump into my hot take which is that the prequel is about President Snow, and I really don't need what I want instead of that, because I really couldn't care less about that guy. I would die for two things. One, a prequel about Hamish in The Hunger Games and how he survived, because there was a lot of, he's like the mentor to Katniss and Peeta, and there's a lot of comments about how smart he is and how clever he must have been to win, so I would like that. And then I want a like Midnight Sun-esque which is like that Edward Cullen book where he tells Twilight completely from his perspective. <laughs> I want that, but like a Peter Malark Hunger Games. Because there were so many moments in this book where I was like, what is he thinking? What is happening? What is this decision and why is he doing it? And also, poor little lover boy is so sad. I just want to know if he's okay. Yeah. So I'd like a Peter book. I agree. I definitely cannot imagine needing a snow book. That's so yeah. th- it's about him, like it humanizes him. It's about like the 10th Hunger Games and him mentoring a contestant. Weird. Because he's like really, I mean, he's not that big of a deal in the book. But this one. in the movie, he's pretty detestable. Yeah. And in later books, he's plays like a bigger role and he sucks. But yeah. I was just like, I don't 
I don't need his villain origin story. I'm sure he has some sob story that made him as horrible as he is, but give me like Haymitch and then we'll get like a Woody Harrelson movie. Like I would take that. Oh, that would be fun. I think I was thinking I wanted to know more of like what the people at home were seeing and doing. So maybe like more of a Gale thing. But yeah, they showed him a little in the movie and I was like, I want more of this. Yeah, it's- I thought the movie did a nice blend of like jumping. Um, My hot take is a little more feelings driven. <laughs> and it's that Rue's death is entirely Katniss's fault. Oh my god. <laughs> I just will oh. go through the whole plot and everything, but I feel like Rue was doing just fine until Katniss came in. Her and Katniss's scenes together are my favorite of the whole book. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you really hit me where it hurts. I kind of want to forget you said it, but I also want to respond. Wait, we should say there will be spoilers. Clearly, we just spoiled, I feel like, a lot in a couple of <laughs> There will be spoilers for the book and the movie, so stop right now if you're mad at us because you didn't read or watch and you want to. Now's your time. Um, and then I don't know that there's a trigger warning for this. It's just a book about kids killing kids. So like, if that doesn't sound fun to you, I cried like many a time reading and watching this. So if really? you don't want to hear about that, I did. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like the tamest way that kids could murder kids. <sighs> okay. I can't just get past what you said because she was doing fine, but if she continued to be like running around in the trees, she's like in the Hunger Games, they're going to send like fireballs or wild animals after her. Like something's coming, whether Katniss like does this whole food destroying plan with her or not. Like if we're going to, if we're going to list like who was at fault, it would be President Snow. It would be the gaming. Oh, okay, the- fine. The whole concept. <laughs> I just don't know why little Rue needed to go running around the forest all by herself to set fires that like barely even did anything. Like the first one got them all away and that's really all they needed. I mean that we know of. They didn't come back. Candace was able to figure out that bomb threat. I think Rue, if she was alive and she heard you say that, well, not if she was alive because then you wouldn't have said that, but if she could have heard you, she would be shaking her head. She would be like that was how I wanted to go. Taking out the bad guys <laughs> and being cradled by my big sis, who I saw oh before. It was all very cute. I don't think, I just feel like Katniss was like, let's go do this super risky thing. The whole, her just like existing in that moment is risky. There's like no, nothing they're doing is not risky. I feel like she walked by where that net picked her up probably a bunch because she had to go on the ground to get water and berries and stuff. I know she was in the trees a lot. But she could have gotten caught in a net whenever and not had a lullaby sung to her, you know? The lullaby was nice. (laughs) Katniss. I'm like hot. Actively didn't protect her. What was she supposed to do? Not make her go be the lookout, run around all over person. Who else was going to do it? We might have to agree to disagree. (laughs) I don't know. It just seemed slightly unnecessary. She shouldn't have been there at all, point blank. Rue shouldn't have been in there. She's too cute and tiny. None of them should have been there. But Maybe it would have been better if it seemed like Rue was like really struggling. I think that's where like I can't get behind it because Rue seems to be like doing just fine. Okay, but fast forward 24 hours, 48 hours, and where do you find Rue? Like there's no, there are so many scenarios that are just brutal and horrible by herself as the numbers dwindle and the game makers are like, she needs to get on the ground. We're going to send like a, I don't know, some hawk after her. I don't know what they would do. I don't know. I think she's she wouldn't too let smart. Her stay there. She oh, survived right. the fire. I don't think she was in it. 
Was she? Like, I feel like everyone yeah, kind of was. Like at the edge of the map. Yeah, they don't explain that as well in the book. I feel like that becomes clear yeah. in the movie. True. Anyway, we'll get through this whole thing, but we wow. can start with a general summary. Do you want a different hot take? I'll give you a different no. one. Um, <laughs> was a hot, that was a hot take. It was the definition of a hot take. It got it literally made me like sweat. <laughs> oh my god, that's so silly. The hottest take that there's been on this show. I'm sorry about that. Okay, so we've got a lot of characters in this book. So I thought we could do like a general rundown of all the characters before we fully get into the plot. So we've got Katniss. She's like our main character. She's the female from District 12. She hunts really well. She's resourceful. And then we have her family. So Primrose is her little sister who's just turned 12. And then we have the mother who I don't think has a name or anything, but she is like relatively useless. The dad dies and she just like goes into a horrible depression, which does happen. She really stops taking care of the house and the kids and everything. But later she was like reassures Katniss that that won't happen again because she has pills or something that she can take. There was like a whole medication side thing where I was like, oh yeah, Yeah. they are in the future like by hundreds and hundreds of years you'd think they would have figured that out they have hovercrafts yeah it's a very the whole concept is very strange of like them being in the future of our world Most global but then world. like still succeeding in like poverty in a way that is like looks like it's the 1800s it's very bizarre but then we have gail who is katniss's best friend and he also goes hunting with her and they're very close Then we have Peta, who is the male tribute from District 12, the son of the baker. And he's really sweet and kind of becomes like Katniss's partner through the rest of the book, since they're both the 12 District tributes. Mage Undersea is like mentioned really briefly, but she's the mayor's daughter. And she is like the source of the whole Mockingjay pin and symbol. And then Haymitch, who Riley mentioned is their trainer so he is like the only person alive in district 12 who has won the games previously so those are all our district 12 people and then we have some people from the capital which is like the super rich part of the country that doesn't fall into this like hunger games world they watch it for entertainment they don't ever put their own children into it so we have effie trinket who is the escort for the tributes of district 12 Sina, who is katniss's stylist and becomes like a friend. Caesar Finkerman is the television host who does like the Hunger Games interviews and things like that. And then President Snow, who this like prequel is about, is the president of Panem. So Panem is like what America used to be. 13 districts. People say that the capital is believed to be in Denver or where Denver was. And then where District 12 is, is like Tennessee, probably, like Appalachia. And then we have our tributes. It's two from each district, and there's 12 districts. In true Hunger Games fashion, we don't give a shit about a lot of them. So we don't even learn their names or anything about them, which I find slightly ironic, considering like the whole point of this book is like how bad the Hunger Games are. The choice to like make these kids' lives not matter at all was still made is interesting to me but we learn about glimmer is the girl from district one and katniss is like first encounter and kill clove is the girl from two caddo is the boy from two fox face 
who we never even learn her real name, <laughs> is the girl from five. Rue is the girl from tw- 11. And then Thresh is the boy from 11. And then those are the only tributes that we actually learn about. So out of the 24, six, yeah. six yeah. matter. She'll like um, look at the sky when they die and they'll flash names at the end of the night or faces. I don't even think they flash their names. I don't think she knows their names, which is why. I know, it's so weird. But she must have learned their names because of all the interviews and stuff. I don't think that girl was listening. She was stressed. (laughs) I guess so. But she's always like, this is the worst thing the capital could do to all of us. And then she like doesn't, I don't know, she like very strongly plays into it. The only way to win. Self-serving, yeah. Unless she wants to die. The main catalyst of the book is that they have the day of reaping where they pick the tributes from each district to go into the Hunger Games. And this is the 74th one. You can put your name in more for like more food rations. So District 12 is super poor. So Katniss and Gail have their names in like a bunch of times. Like I think Gail has his name in like 42 times. So they're kind of stressed and it's Prim's first year in. So her name is only in once. But she's also super stressed. And then they all line up. And guess whose name gets called but Primrose Everdeen. And Katniss was, loses it. This was page 12 and I cried. It was I cried at this one, yeah. And I, we knew she would say, I volunteer as tribute. But it was so emotional. I cried in the movie. I cried in the book. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't cry in the movie. I didn't like how it was done in the movie. I thought in the book... Katniss like immediately is like that's not happening and like volunteers and stops it oh, and in the movie like it she really lets Prim sweat like Prim is like almost to the stage before Katniss has like said anything which I get yeah. you in shock but it's like come on girl like let's move a little quicker I was confused when I was reading I was like why are they what is their like rationale for this I couldn't remember what the what Pan Am was like telling them to make them do this I was like, is this like a, a food thing? Like, if you do this, you can eat? I was confused. But just so people know, it is because there was like a District 13 back in the day who rebelled and no longer exists. And so as like a reminder to everybody that the capital is like all powerful and has control over you, they like have to, as punishment, give up two kids every year. To show how kind the capital is. And like the people in charge, they shower the winner in gifts. So it's like also a way to show their generosity. And I I mean, we could delve into it now or later, but I have a whole slew of issues with this entire concept. (laughs) I can't wrap my brain around why this is the first time any sort of rebellion is like being. The way she described other years, like she'll be like, oh, there was that one time that it was like a tundra or like there was no water at all. Or like there was a cannibal who was in there and was like eating. Like it sounds like there have been just some absolutely insane years where people were just drinking the kool-aid because you've always got the the careers the like first few districts who like trained for this and want the fame so then everyone else doesn't really want to do it everyone's reluctant and then those people are bloodthirsty so then you have to go in there and do it because they're going to kill you if not but she based this off of the myth of theseus and the minotaur because in some mythology it's not always a maze or a labyrinth sometimes it's just a lottery for seven girls and seven boys to be battling in an arena with the minotaur not just put into a maze and people would watch as like entertainment and so she was sort of inspired by that yeah i did see that i also saw she was inspired by like reality tv and like the iraq war 
I will say, and not to say that she even knew this existed, but there is a Japanese book called Battle Royale by mm-hmm. Kushan Takami, published in 1999, and it is about an alternative future Japan where junior high students are forced to fight to the death because of their like authoritarian government. So that book is this, and that book is, in my opinion, a great read. Have you read it? Oh, I think you've yeah. told me about it before. So that book like really focuses on all the kids. So like you are like heartbroken for each and every one of them. So I think that's where that book does things a little better, but it also does like in turn make it more mature and maybe more of like adult contemporary than necessarily YA, even though it is about kids, it's a little darker. Her idea is like not as original as I think people give her credit for. It's still good. And I mean, it was like the most popular. So there's something we said about like doing it the best maybe or the most commercially. But we're still at reaping day. We Hamish is a drunk. He is falling off the stage and just ridiculous. They get to like 10 minutes to say goodbye to their family, which is really horrible. And Peta's dad visits her, which is kind of sweet and says he'll like take care of mom and sister. Gail visits her and like tries mm-hmm. to shout something out, but it gets cut off. Did you remember that the dad used to love uh, Katniss's mom? I know. Is that so cute? I forgot until you just mentioned that he came in. I was like, oh yeah, of course he would take care of them. He like loved her. Yeah, it's very sweet. The other person to visit is Mage, who's the mayor's daughter. And she kind of gives Katniss like her mocking J pin. And I think asks her to wear it during the games and things as like a token. Because they were like, outside of Gale, that is Katniss's only like kind of friend. After that, they get whisked onto a train that is super fancy and goes through all the districts. And they are kind of barreling towards the capital and the end of their lives, basically. That's kind of the vibe you're getting. Nobody is having a good time. With that, they have um, the opening ceremony. So Cinna is introduced. He isn't like the rest of the stylist team. So in the capital, they dress like very crazy. They have colored hair and like body modifications and tattoos. And I think this seemed crazier when it was first written, but now... It didn't I feel it. like people are doing like more and more things to themselves and just not giving a shit. So it like almost reads normal in a way I don't think it used to like 15 years ago. The movie made me laugh. I know. Yeah. The movie like nobody looks that crazy. Cinna like especially looks pretty normal. Like I think the most unique thing about him is his gold eyeliner. But he, but I mean, yeah, in the movie he's Lenny Kravitz, <laughs> which is very distracting. But he helps design Katniss's opening ceremony outfits and him and Peta's stylist Portia I think her name is but they like for whatever reason she doesn't really matter it's all about Cinna but they decide to make them kind of a united front from the beginning so they're wearing like similar outfits and they have synthetic flames so they're kind of looking at things differently from the start and this makes the crowd like love Peta and Katniss. They seem like they like each other, they're holding hands and just very very different than how the other tributes are coming in, kind of ready for battle. I Katniss mm-hmm. and Peta are playing like the kind of dumb district 12 vibe like they're just excited to be there almost and they start calling her the girl on fire and then they do interviews with caesar finkerman or flickerman i like him i thought he like tried to keep their best interests in mind 
Yeah, he's, like, supposed to be one of the bad guys, but it's hard to hate him. Because he, like, wants to make them all feel cozy up there. It's like, they're all gonna die soon. There's nothing he can really do about it. And he's just kind of chatting with them and making them feel... He's kind of a therapist for five minutes. Yeah, it seems like it. And he helps, like, twist their answers to be, like, the best version. So, like, even if they answer something stupid, he finds a way to, like, make it nice or make it smart. So his interview with Katniss is, like, kind of whatever. And she just, like, seems very awkward and doesn't do any of this stuff all that well. But Peta kind of saves her by revealing that he has a crush on her. And so winning the Hunger Games doesn't really help him in the long run. Because if he did win, then, like, the girl he loves is dead. Which, the crowd goes wild. (laughs) They make it through that part. Katniss is, like, kind of pissed because she views it as weakness. Then, like, comes around to it and is kind of apologetic. And they have their trainings. So they get, like, a few days of training before the actual games. I guess it's, like, supposed to even the playing field a bit. So that people who haven't been training their whole lives, like, the districts, like, one through three, can have a better shot. And in these trainings, they end up with a score... And it's 1 to 12. Katniss ends up getting the highest score of anyone. And she does this by getting pissed off during her session and shooting an arrow at the game makers. It doesn't seem like the smartest move, but I mean, it works for her. I don't know if they're trying to put like a target on her back by giving her such a high score, but it seems to benefit her in the long run. I thought it was a target in the movie. They make it seem like really impressed by what she did, the game maker. But I thought they were like, go get this girl. All you careers, we're going to rank her higher than you and piss you off. That's what I thought too, yeah. But the movie, they make the game maker like a huge part. Like, I don't think Seneca Crane is even a character in the book. I don't know if he's introduced later, like in Catching Fire maybe. Or they just like talk about like the history of it. Oh, maybe. I don't. I, I think they made him up, him and his mustache. I don't I know. I was surprised reading it that he wasn't around. I had kind of blurred everything together. But yeah, in the movie, it definitely seems like he's kind of rooting for her, oddly. With that, is like that's a, kind of the last like pre-game event. And then they go into the arena and start like prepping for that. And then the games officially begin. So they each like rise up from underneath the arena, which seems to be like almost a giant like computer simulation it's real to them but the game makers can like change things and add things and i feel like in the book i did not get a simulation vibe and then the movie i was like whoa i guess that's true the only reason i got one was maybe because of like what was underneath it like the idea that there were like all sorts of tunnels and like things like that but i just pictured them taking them all to i don't know the middle of nowhere maine and being like because they said actually you know what in the book they said that people would travel there rich people would go after the fact and visit where people had died and like look at stuff it seemed like a destination that's true and they pick like different climates and things yeah because it definitely in the book they talk about controlling like the weather and things so maybe that's why i thought it was more simulation in the movie they make it seem a lot more computerized the way they like start it is they kind of rise up on like a platform from underground like each individually and then if you step off your platform early you get blown to bits so you have to wait for the the like countdown and then in the middle there's like a big cornucopia which has like supplies and food and weapons and everything. So you can either run towards that and get like added to the bloodbath or you can like immediately run away, which is what Hamish says they both should do. Katniss spots a backpack and they can't let it go and decide she's going to try to run towards that and like almost gets herself killed immediately. 
because she's a bad listener. But the backpack does end up helping her. So I guess it was worth the risk. I don't know what she would do without it. But it was clearly a pride thing. She was like, everyone else is getting something. And she grabbed that like plastic cover that she does end up using later. (laughs) That's true. So everything ends up being helpful, but it almost takes her life Mm -hmm. she finds somewhere to like rest she is able to climb up into the trees and like belt herself in before long it's like nightfall and somebody lights a fire nearby because they're so cold and probably didn't grab any supplies um and then the career tributes form like a pack i guess a pact and a pack have an alliance they're all running around together they find the girl with the fire and kill her and Katniss can kind of see them from up above, and she sees that Peta is with them. I don't get how that happened, and this is probably why you want a whole book. How they, like, saw him throw a sack of flour, and they were like, or like a metal whatever ball, and they were like, we need this guy. Like, how did he convince them? They make it seem like they just want to know where Katniss is, but when was the moment where they were all rushing him with knives, and he's like, stop, like, hold on. Like, how did he get to talk his way in there? With that, like, why would he even know where she is? Like, he doesn't know her. I need the whole story through his eyes. And I don't know what he thought he was accomplishing. Like, because when he does, like, warn her later when they're coming to, like, run, but it's not, like, when they're trying to take her down that he then turns and is like, I'm going to kill them for you. Like, he just, I'm like, what are you doing? What is your It's like he almost wanted, like, a front row seat to watch her die. Because there's a few times where he was entirely unhelpful. I was very perplexed by his reasoning. But for whatever reason, they don't see her in the tree this time around. Um, so she goes searching for water and like finally finds it but in doing so it like like Riley was saying it like put her towards the very end of like the arena so they the game makers send a fire after her and like almost kill her she gets super burned on her leg and like nearly doesn't make it out which I think is a major bummer like if you're gonna this sounds bad as I'm thinking about it but if you're already gonna have them like kill each other then just let them do that why are you interfering like like it's annoying to me that they can just like kill the people when they feel like it it's funny because she knows that that's exactly what's happening and she knows that she just hasn't been like interacting enough because what they want is like something exciting they want people to be like engaged in betting and watching and getting like views and stuff so if everyone is like spread out and nothing's happening, no one's tuning in, you have to like force her back in, which is why I think Rue could only have stayed in those trees for so long before they were like, we are getting you down and you are going to be in the thick of this because people want to see. That's stick. true. But then I'm confused. Is there some sort of like, besides the betting, but is there like monetary value to this? Because Katniss seems to think they like really need good TV. But if this, the purpose is just to like scare people, why do you then also need good TV? Maybe that's what the prequel would tell us. Maybe. Or like the reality TV inspiration. Maybe that's yeah. where that comes in and it just is I mean, blurred. People do crazy stuff on reality TV. If Scandivals taught us anything. Love is blind. Oh yeah. So that night she's super injured. She like hides in a tree because the pack of careers like starts to find her and she's able to run up into a tree. And since she is like starving and way lighter than anyone who's been like well fed their whole life, she can climb way higher. So that's how she like gets away from them. They try to shoot an arrow at her and they like miss and she gets kind of cocky with them. But for whatever reason, that's all they try to do. She has to come down for food eventually. Like, let's just wait. Why were they like, yeah, Peter, you're right. Because one of them can throw a spear like super well and far and strong. And then the other one throws knives really well and from super far away. 
I think that guy... But you're going to, like, choose to do the one thing neither of you can do, which is shoot a bow and arrow? Like, I'm so confused by that. I feel like Kato wanted her off the tree. I think he wanted to kill her in, like, close combat on the ground and, like, torture her. I don't think he wanted to, like... I bet he could have thrown a spear, probably. Yeah, he He wanted her to suffer. But weird to have, like, that much of an opinion on it so early on. She got an 11 and he got a 10. He's pissed. (laughs) Yeah, he is pissed. He's kind of a psycho. Mm -hmm. And then she hears, like, a little pss-pss and (laughs) looks up and there's tiny little Rue doing just fine. Helping Katniss's sorry ass. And Rue tells her there's like a big tracker jacker nest, which is essentially just like really nasty wasps above her. And it's like kind of a warning, but also like a, hey, use that to your advantage. So Katniss climbs up and is able to cut through the branch and drop it on the careers. She gets a few stings in like the meantime, for the most part though, all the wasps go after the careers and she even like kills, I think two of them. Doesn't she get the bow and arrow then? It's really disgusting at the girl is like covered in swelling oozing bites and stings it's hallucinating too so it's very like green goo and weird visuals yeah she like is getting super dizzy can barely run straight so she like runs away and then remembers the bow and has to go back and at that point she's like trying to get it and Peta like runs up which i don't know why they were also trying to go back Peta is like what the hell are you still doing here like get get away and helps her <laughs> escape she like gets away from them long enough to pass out in a ditch and then it's kind of assumed that they all do that for different lengths of time since they were all stung worse than her but i don't know peter's showing that he might be being a double agent well and then she's like did i hallucinate that was that real because she's been seeing such weird things that she can't quite trust that he did something good for her she's not sure as it goes on it gets a little more clear but she just seems like endlessly confused by everyone katniss is kind of annoying this is like a side note but i was much more of a twilight girl and at the time twilight and hunger games were like kind of neck and neck for fandoms and what people were interested in are you telling me you like bella swan more than katniss as a person yes i was more interested you're annoyed less by bella i think at the time i was but i maybe it's because i liked all the other characters so much better but i have never been like a true katniss stan and then i do think jennifer lawrence did not help when we did the gossip girl podcast and i mentioned that she tried out for serena you were like ew and i was like flag for later (laughs) yeah i don't love jennifer lawrence she's growing on me more now that she's like older but i feel like there was like a good five-year gap where she was very annoying to me i think she is so funny i just watched her on watch what happens live last night which will be weeks and weeks ago by the time this airs but her facial expressions i can't handle her talking she just cracks me up a lot of people don't like her she like strikes i feel a very hard opinion where you either love her or you hate her i have yet to find anybody else who loves her <laughs> Everyone that I, talk, <laughs> like, I hate her i'm like why but- she's growing on me more because she did a hot ones episode too and i thought she was very cute on it i oh, feel wait. like she's mellowed a little bit but for like a long time and i feel like maybe people around her were telling her to be like this but it was very like othering so like she was like i do things this way and like other girls don't do this and 
I'm just chill. And it's just like very annoying to me. Because it's like you are getting an Oscar, you're getting dressed up, you're like the face of Chanel, but you're still too chill for that. Like just if you're gonna like lean into it, then like lean into it and you're an actress and you get Oscars and you wear ball gowns and you're a pretty, pretty princess. Or don't do those things. I like it. I've argued with many a J-Law hater. A J-Law. Maybe also I already don't like J-Lo. So then being J-Law, it's like already sounds like something (laughs) I'm not into. So Rue and Katniss from here on out have a little cute alliance. And they do a lot of taking care of each other. And they gather and hunt. And Katniss learns a bunch from Rue. And they talk about their districts. And it is all very sweet. And I think Rue reminds Katniss of Prim a bunch. Mm -hmm. So that's why Katniss is kind of smitten by her. Katniss has this grand idea that the careers won't survive if they lose their like supplies and their food. So in all the years past, like if someone has won that isn't like in the first three districts, it's usually because the careers have like lost their stash. So she's like, that's what we need to do in order to have a chance. And she sends Rue on a suicide mission. Rue agrees. Rue doesn't say, Rue has every right to be like, I don't want to do that. But I think Rue is like, you're right. If we don't take away their food, they're going to murder us. And she's like totally game. She is game. Like, nice I just feel. think she's too little. She shouldn't be there. Absolutely she shouldn't be there. She is definitely too little to be there. She's like 12. She's like the youngest you can be. But I think she like knows what's going to happen to her. So her choices are very, they're all shitty. My ideal situation is that her and Katniss make it to the end. And then Katniss kills herself in ruins. That is what I would like to see happen. And I think they could have done it. Who would have taken down the Capitol? Rue, maybe. Or they just wouldn't have. And you know, they all keep on living. They've been fine for 74 years. No one else but Katniss has seemed to have any sort of problem with it this whole time. So they have their alliance. Everything goes off without a hitch for the most part. Katniss like is able to blow up their supplies because they like line their cornucopia and their big pile with the bombs that were on the platform when they were like first raised up. Ideally, they're deactivated, but then some smart kid from like District 3 was able to reactivate them. But Katniss sets off all the bombs. She like blows out her hearing in both ears and like permanently in one ear. And then she Mm -hmm. goes off to find Rue. And then she hears Rue screaming and finds her stuck in a net that had been like set up. And when she's trying to set her free, one of the career boys stabs Rue with a spear, and it's very horrible. That's the end of Rue, which is very heartbreaking, but Katniss... The end of Rue is a little moment of being held and sung to. She's still... She asks for a song. Yeah, so she has Katniss with her, and Katniss kills the guy who killed Rue. So there's immediate justice there. And then Rue passes, and Katniss covers her in wildflowers and gives her, like, a little bed. And, like, knows doing that will be kind of like an F you to the Capitol, but does it anyway. And then gives, like, the hand signal for District 12 as, like, respect and stuff towards District 11, it seems. Which it seems like they showed that on TV, which is interesting. But it's hard to know, like, what the people in the other other districts are seeing and what they're not. She makes it sound, in the book at least, they show it in the movie that they can see. And then it sparks, like, a rebellion that's not, we don't know about in the book. But in the book, she says, like, 
I don't think they'll show any of this, but they do have to show the hovercraft getting her body and I have covered her in flowers. And like, regardless of whether they saw me do all of this, they will like know that she was, someone was with her and like honored her when she passed. So she knows they'll have to show at least that part. And then mm, that's true. Just how they know to send her, they sent her like a little bit of bread. From their district. I know it was very sweet, but I will back to their whole plan. They have a whistle because I guess Rue can do like a little song that the Mockingjays will like repeat. So the Mockingjays are on Katniss's pin, but they're also real birds that will like mimic songs and voices and things. So Rue like has a little tune and that's like how they're going to know if each of them are okay. But how does that work if they're both using the same tune and the birds just keep repeating what they're hearing? There's no way to respond. They were the same, huh? Yeah, I don't know. They should have been different tunes. Right? Weird. Because won't the birds just keep repeating each other? And then they'd be like, is that my signal or hers? Yeah. It's so confusing. So their plan was already flawed. I guess, like, in theory, it all worked out and, like, Rue was going to have to die anyway. But I was not happy with this. I thought Rue was doing just fine (laughs) until Katniss got involved. I just wouldn't want to see Rue die another way. And I fear without this whole scenario, she would have. I guess, but this was already a horrible way. She was stabbed. Yeah, but she wasn't tortured. She wasn't burned alive. She wasn't eaten by a wild animal for hours like Kato. Like, I just feel like that was really, I had forgotten about that. It was gnarly. I feel like it was horrible, but to have Katniss moments away from her or like be right there was, I wouldn't have wanted to hear about any other I mean, in a perfect world, she would just escape in the trees and disappear. And I had faith in her to do that. Um, so after this, Katniss is like, not well. She's very depressed. But then there's a special announcement. Da, 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 da. Two tributes from the same district can be declared the winner. I love that so. she screams PETA and then claps her hands over her mouth. <laughs> I know, it was so cute. And then they didn't do that in the movie. I was like, no. oh. Very excited. She rushes off to find PETA. And then she finds him, like, camouflage perfectly into the, like, riverbed. Okay. And, like, can't even tell it's him until he opens his eyes. Which, in the book, is fine. In the movie, the is fine. fucking hilarious. He looks like a tree. He doesn't have a mirror. How did he paint his face to be like a... No, he looks like a rock. It makes no sense in the movie like, he that he would be able to do that. When he's training in the... Before they head out there, he's, like, practicing and being like, Oh, I used to frost cakes. Like, I can do good camouflage and he's got a paintbrush and he's painting his arm and i'm like okay are you gonna find a paintbrush in the wild what do you uh, i mean I clearly absolutely bonkers in the movie yeah in the book it seems more like he just like buried himself in the riverbed almost and yeah. it, like is just covered in like muck and mud and stuff in the movie riley's right like he literally is like one with the rock <laughs> in a way that just like looks bizarre it would have taken multiple it would have taken Cinna and his entire team hours and mirrors it's crazy but he has like a slash in his leg that is to the bone from a fight with Kato um or Kato whatever his name is he's not doing well so he's thinking he's like gonna die but Katniss is like fighting all she can to like heal him and give him 
soup and herbs and any medicine she has and like trying to fix it even though she's super bad at it she ends up like kissing him somehow i don't know it seemed like kind of natural but Mm -hmm. in doing that she gets like a little pot of broth from haymitch and she's like able to read his signals really well so she's like oh just a tiny little kiss gets us like broth that is completely unhelpful So I need to like do more to get more. So she's like really reading into this and it seems to be working for her. I think Haymitch is like sending her little signals. In the movie, they're like, we'll give you actual notes because these are some far reaches that she's making. But exactly. Yeah. Which I thought was funny because like, wouldn't the camera see that note if we got to see that note? But whatever. With that, they like become closer and closer. And then there's like another announcement that says there's going to be a feast And usually these feasts are like blood baths historically. So Katniss is like, we would never go to one of those. And then they're like, oh, there's an item you desperately need. And at this point, PETA is like dying from blood poisoning. So Katniss is like, oh, guess I got to go to that. And PETA's like, no, it's too dangerous. And Katniss is like, okay, fine, I won't go. And then two seconds later, she drugs him with a sleeping syrup that (laughs) Hamish sent. And PETA is PO'd, but too sleepy to fight so she runs the cornucopia she is close to her like district 12 little backpack in doing that the girl from two clove the one who's really good at throwing knives starts fighting with her and is like mocking her about rue and just being generally shitty and thresh the boy from district 11 who's like huge and super strong hears this and like throws clove off of katniss and is like what did you do to that little girl like i heard you talking Mm -hmm. about her and gets like so pissed and then like bashes her head in in a very graphic Mm -hmm. gross way and then turns on katniss but like kind of calms down at that point and lets katniss go to like say we're even now like you took care of rue i don't remember how did he know she took care of rue because the the way that clove was talking it's like clear that they had like an alliance and he's he basically turns around and asks like what did she mean and then katniss is like we were together we were like i when she died i was with her i buried her with not buried her but i surrounded her with flowers okay it explains the whole thing i couldn't remember she had enough time to go through it all not in the movie but in the book she really gives him every detail she's like trying not to die she's like, yeah to do everything i've done but yeah so he lets her go and he also takes the district 11 bag and the district 2 bag which like essentially drags Cato away and after him as well so that katniss is like free to go run to Peta and heal him he heals like pretty quickly and well and they have a few days in the rain where they're kind of resting and chilling. And in that time, they end up like leaving and going for a hunt. And PETA is super loud and ends up getting relegated to just like foraging for things. And while Katniss is off hunting, she hears a cannon and like races back and thinks PETA died, but then finds him and he's okay. She's like, what the heck happened? And it turns out PETA was picking berries that are poisonous. Foxface, the girl who's like super smart and cunning, had been following PETA around. And since he picked the berries, she also picked them and just assumed they were safe and ate them and like died immediately. So PETA's own ignorance is what like led to his first kill, technically. They end up keeping the berries. They were like, well, maybe Cato will like fall for this too. So we'll hang on to these. And at this point, Cato was able to kill Thresh. So now it's just the three of them left. They're out of water and the game makers dried up any source of water that like isn't by the cornucopia. 
So it like essentially drags them all back together, like Riley was saying. Like no matter what, they are all going to end up together. You're not really allowed to like lie low. In the movie too, they made it like nighttime quickly. They were, mm-hmm. like get there fast, we're making it dark. Yeah, exactly. And so they get to the lake and they're thinking it's going to be like a battle between the three of them, which I still don't really understand why it wasn't just that. But Kato comes like barreling towards them, like huffing and puffing and terrified. And normally he'd be coming running at you, like ready to kill you. So they're like, what the fuck's up with this? And it turns out he's being chased by like a bunch of mutant wolves that have human eyes and the same fur coloring of like the tribute's hair color. So so it seems like the capital took the dead bodies and like made them into these wolves. Or at least their eyes. I don't know. It's like very disgusting and bizarre. They, I think it's so gross they don't even touch it in the movie. They're just like straight up quote unquote wolves. They look insane and not like wolves at all. But they skip the eyes. They skip the different colors. They just Yeah, they like don't go into it at all. But for whatever reason, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this part. Like, they have human faces. That's Ooh. like how I remembered it. So I was like kind of relieved that they, that wasn't actually the case. But I think because in the movie, they're like these weird like skin dogs with like pig faces kind of. Yeah. They clearly they all just like merged together in my brain. I remembered something had to do with the humans and I remembered they were like fleshy and then I just that was blended like a, them into a new horrifying option. That was the Harry Potter prisoner of Azkaban werewolf thing where it's like, oh, you used all of your CGI money in the beginning and now this is what we get. Those wolves were nuts. I can't even describe them. I don't know. Like they could have just had it be wild dogs. I don't know. Why? Do you think they at night like other... They're like, we can't show these things in the day. <laughs> Maybe. They're like, dim this down a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh. They're like all fighting off these dog monsters now and like climb up on top of the cornucopia. And in doing so, one rips like a huge chunk out of Peta's calf because he can just not catch a break. Katniss is able to like give him like a tourniquet while Kato is like still like dying over the edge, like hyperventilating. And then they all kind of come back to it and Peta and Kato get in like a fight to the point where he is like almost ready to throw them both over the edge or like snap his neck, which I don't know why he didn't just do that right away either because he seemed like one to be able to do that very quickly, but he dilly dallies. Yeah, he like messes with his prey. Which never ends well for anyone trying to commit murders. So in doing that, Katniss is able to like shoot an arrow at his hand. So he let goes of Peta and Peta can like knock him over the edge. But he's wearing like this flesh colored body armor. So the wolves can only really get to his like feet, hands and like face. It was the thing that he got in his um at the feast that Thresh took. It was like the one thing he did the most to keep him from her bow and arrow was like body armor. That seems like a crazy advantage. I wanted to know what the other people got. Well, he didn't get that in the movie. They, like, completely disregard that. But it was... Yeah, she, like, kills him right away in the movie. There's no whole entire nighttime eaten alive Yeah, it's, like, almost whole nother day of them just, like, listening to these wolves, like, slowly devour him. But I really don't understand how they were successfully doing that. Because even if you, like, got your hand bit off, like, you're dead in minutes still then. From bleeding? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what part of him was exposed, though. I have no idea. It was rather confusing. Because it, like, drags out really, really long and seems really, like, miserable. But unless they're just, like, scratching him, like, really slowly, like, anything. They were so strong and angry and powerful. 
that you would think they would just like fully try to bite into him. And if they were able to like get a hand or like at his neck or like anything would have killed him faster. So it was confusing. But I was thinking I would have been like, let me just say the normal. Hold on, hold on, please. And then it's still not ending and Katniss like ends up shooting him with an arrow out of like compassion. Yeah, Peta is still like kind of dying with his wound. He's going to bleed out before Kato does. Yeah, basically. They're the last two from the same district. They're winners. So exciting. Dun, dun, dun. A new announcement gets made. Actually, we take that back. There can only be one winner, which is so fucking confusing to me because no one would like that. Like, wouldn't that lead to more rebellion if now you, like, made us root for these lovers this whole time? Like, I feel like the people in the Capitol, like, would have been like, what the fuck, you guys? In the movie, they make it seem like a President Snow decision. So then Katniss and Peter like, can't, won't kill each other. So they decide they have those berries still. And Katniss seems, like, Peter is ready to die with her. And Katniss thinks that this will, like, stop it. Yeah, so, like, Peter always seems to be very genuine. And Katniss is always strategizing. And so they put the berries in their mouths and don't bite down. And then... They're like, stop, stop, stop. Wait, you guys are the winners. Like, haha, lol, JK. And they win and they get all healed and everything's fine and dandy. And they do one last interview. And Hamish is like, you're in big trouble, sweetie pie. Like, they're ready to kill you and your whole family. Like, you better make it seem like you weren't trying to defy everybody. So they have to, like, be in love more. During the interview, you find out Peta lost his leg. So Katniss feels really shitty about that because she thinks it's her fault. And then they do their interview and Hamish is like, great job, way to sell it or something like that. And Peta is like, what does he mean? So it seems like Peta really does love her the whole time. And then it's a very abrupt ending and we're on to book two. When she was planning, this was like going to be one book and then she was planning it out and she came up with that ending with the berries and she was like, oh, well, this needs to be more than one book because there's no way that they're going to let her get away with doing that and not punish her in some way which is where book two comes in she wrote the whole script herself i think it was edited later by somebody else and like tweaked but when i do explain the movie everyone will see that it's almost identical and i will rush through it because she wrote it and she just like cut some shit out but otherwise it's like the same thing i feel like we mentioned like the main differences like seneca crane and stuff i have a couple notes and then i'll be done But before she wrote these, she wrote for Nickelodeon. She wrote episodes of Clarissa Explains It All, Little Bear, and the Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. I loved Little Bear. You can thank Suzanne for that. I will. And then she wrote five books in the Underland Chronicles, which was like a subterranean New York City book. That book is a lot about war, just like these books. And in in this book series, she was like more focused on the just war theory, which she says is like an attempt to define what circumstances give you the right to like wage war and like rebel what's acceptable behavior in that war which is what she's just kind of like wrestling with the whole time her dad fought in the vietnam war and he was really honest with his kids about the poverty that he saw and the famine and the the effects of war how horrible it was the starvation and stuff so when she was writing this she was like channeling a lot of what he told her and he also grew up in the depression and his family would hunt and forage for stuff so a lot of her research was just for Katniss, like, being so skilled at that stuff just came straight from her dad. Last fact is that Peta and Gail, she never meant them to be, like, points on a love triangle, but more, like, perspectives in that just war debate. So, like, Gail, we'll see later, like, tense toward, like, violent fixes, and Peta always is inclined toward diplomacy, and then Katniss isn't 
just deciding on who her partner should be. She's like figuring out her worldview. Oh yeah. I know. Cause it does become like a team PETA team Gale type of thing. I can't remember what team I was on, which is shocking. Cause I'm so like, yes, team Jacob. I remember, but I don't remember who I preferred. Obviously in this book, I'm like, Oh, go PETA. Cause he's there the whole time. And I barely see Gale, but I don't remember ever liking Gale that much, so that makes me think I probably just liked Peta more. I don't like Gale, like, seems to not be able to, like, say what he's thinking. Like, if you're gonna, like, be all mad at Katniss for, like, doing what she had to do to survive and, like, getting close to someone during super traumatic events. Yeah. And you're, like, never even gonna say you liked her. Like, it's kind of confusing. He did just like hint at running away. My movie. But Katniss has- also can't read a fucking signal for her life, so no, she needs it to be spelled out quite clearly. In the movie, Gail is Liam Hemsworth, and Peta is Josh Hutcherson of Bridge to Terabithia fame. Mm-hmm. We've already said that Katniss is Jennifer Lawrence. The only other famous people we've got Stanley Tucci as the talk show dude. Amazing. He just brings it to every role. Ten out of ten. A plus. He's so great. <laughs> I love him in this. I know. I loved him popping up in like the forest. It cracked me up. Yeah. And her like delusions that she was having. Yeah. I liked that he would like pop in and explain things too. He'd be like, oh. tracker jackers are these. And I was like, thank yeah. you, Stanley. Thanks, Stanley. Woody, as we said, is Haymitch, Woody Harrelson. Lenny Kravitz. Tell me if you thought this. So he's Cinna. He's the designer. When I was younger and I saw this movie, I was so confused because I was like, I feel like there's so much flirting happening between these two, but he's just supposed to be like a mentor, but it's just the Lenny effect, I think. (laughs) (laughs) When he kisses her cheek and stuff, I'm just like, this is so much flirtier than it reads in the book, but I think it's just that it's Lenny. I I think it's probably because it's Lenny, but I always thought he gave off like bi energy. So I just assumed like he wouldn't really like her. I didn't in the book. The movie, the energy between them... Maybe just between them as people off screen. I don't know. I mean, J-Law said she gave lots of kisses to Liam off screen. Pretty sus. I wrote about that today because she finally like addressed rumors that Miley was like shading her in the flowers video and like that she like cheated her and Liam cheated on Miley and she was like absolutely not true everybody knows I kissed him off screen but it was like not when they were together it was post hunger or it was like she said it in all her hunger games interviews it wasn't like a secret I guess so but I feel like Miley could still like hate her because I feel because didn't they get married after all of that too so like obviously they both still liked each other but not Jennifer's fault they were on and off and on I agree I'm just saying it could still be her shading her also when she is like running from the cornucopia and like going to find water and just sprinting through the forest. Did you notice when she fell? Because it was giving Hot Rod. I don't know if you've seen Hot Rod. <laughs> I don't think I have. There's a scene in Hot Rod where Andy Samberg falls for like, I don't know, two years <laughs> It just goes on and on and on. And it felt like that. It was she a very was tumbling and tumbling. I yeah. know, every time she fell, I was like, I would not get back up. She like jumped out of a tree from like eight feet. I was like, that would be it for me. I would be so dead so quickly. The movie skips a bunch of stuff. There's no like, oh, I'm starving and can't, not starving. I, what is it called when you are parched? She just needed water. Dehydration. Dehydration. There were pages and pages and pages of her just like searching for water and dying. Um, She's not deaf. She, there's a loud explosion and she can't hear for a little bit, but she's not like, long-term unable to hear in the book she's permanently deaf in one ear and needs to be fixed 
Yeah, like they don't talk about it. Like, I guess you could assume maybe it still happened. But I guess if you don't know her thoughts, like in a movie, that's where things get weird. Because she would have had to have been like, weird, I can't hear anything. (laughs) And she would have had to say it. Because otherwise you just like wouldn't know that she's thinking it. They also cut out all of the servants in the capital whose tongues have been cut out for rebellion. Yeah. Which has that like dark detail. They mention it in the movie like, oh, if we try to run, they'll cut our tongues out. But there's no, like, visual where she, like, she interacts with someone who she actually saw once in the wild being taken up by a hovercraft. That's about it. The movie is uh, almost identical beat for beat. Yeah, I think they had to keep it pretty close because it was already such a big fandom. I think people would have been pissed. So you really had the... I took a lot of movie notes, but your summary was thorough and they seem really unnecessary. So (laughs) (laughs) I know, I think that's kind of the kicker of our setup when... They are so similar. And this was like very in-depth. It's hard to give like a short synopsis of like what goes on here. So as we know, the 10-year anniversary just passed. I feel like everyone was talking about it, especially with the new movie coming out. I feel like there's a whole resurgence right now. With that being said, Jennifer Lawrence is in a new movie and Colton brought up this fun tidbit. Her new movie is like kind of a rom-com and her co-star slash love interest in that was only 10 years old when The Hunger Games first came out. And Jennifer was 22 in the first Hunger Games. The premise is like that she's an adult woman dating some boy for his parents. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's funny that he was like so little. The Hunger Games was fully banned in Vietnam. They didn't want to air the movie at all. With Peta Malark, it was almost somebody else. So we could have had Aaron Taylor Johnson. As our Peter Malark. We would have had him in even more YA movies. And then we also had Alex Pettifer, um, Evan Peters, and Alexander Ludwig, who is Cato, was almost Peta. Alexander Ludwig is Bjorn Ironside, also in The Vikings. I always thought he was really famous because of these movies, but he hasn't done a ton. This is like one of his biggest roles that he's known for is The Hunger Games. Alexander. Yeah. Yeah, I would say Vikings probably took up, like, the last. Like, it was pretty back-to-back. He did all the Hunger Games. Well, the one Hunger Game and then died. And then quickly became Bjorn Ironside for probably, like, five years. Um, Jennifer Lawrence was asked to lose weight for this role, but she refused because she didn't want young girls to be exposed to a character who was unattainably thin. Yeah, her character's supposed to be starving. She was yeah, like, I was like, I, this is where I'm like, okay, Jennifer, like... Do no, 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 I mean, to do something. No, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying, did the directors want her to start? Like, what would be? Yeah, the only thing that would be realistic would be if she starved herself. Exactly. And so she should have done that. Okay. <laughs> well, that's like the whole point is that she's like 50 I mean, pounds lighter. Like, it's a whole plot it, point. Does it take anything out of the movie for you that the actress didn't have to starve in order to do it? Like, I believe I that she yes. when she smelled the bread. Okay, I, I don't agree, but... I just think, like, when there's, like, clear plot points... So... I, I think her reasoning is silly, because it wouldn't have been, like, romanticized or, like... Absolutely would have. She was, like, the biggest... She is the highest grossing But I think she would have gained weight. Like, she would have started thinner, and then she, like, gains weight in the book. That is just, like, asking everyone to be a Christian Bale, which I think is, like, not... Exactly. Necessary. If he can do it, why can't she? Because it's not necessary. I've never watched a show and been, like... 
God, I wish you starved yourself more. Like, I don't believe that you're hungry. Like, when she was smelling the bread with Gail, I was like, that girl needs food. I think I I laughed out loud at that. I was like, you put your nose so deep into that bread, it was gross. She is starving? I don't know. I was just like, meh. You just don't like Jennifer Lawrence. I don't. I I don't. I mean, because then you're also like, you're the face of Chanel, but you're fine with that. Like, those are who are starving, those runway models for the thing you're a brand ambassador for. I think that's different. She's not casting them. She's just, I don't know. She's picking and choosing where she cares about things. It's her own body to be like, no, I refuse to starve for this role to show people me as a heroine, like emaciated. Maybe. I I don't know how she looked like until you said she wasn't starving. I was like, oh, I didn't even. I I guess I did think she, she looks healthy. And I think like the whole plot point in the book is that she's not healthy. And like, it's that much harder for her to win. But in the movie, like, she looks just as strong and fine as all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. If any, I mean, Rue looks really tiny. Rue is teen. Amanda <laughs> is, I don't know what age, she's little in that. She was little, little, yeah. I feel like Jennifer was on the old side for, like, how they casted her. And I guess, like, probably all the guys, too. Yeah, Liam Hemsworth and her are almost the same age. And then we had a swear jar on set. They were rated PG-13, so I guess they wanted the set to kind of reflect that. So they had a swear jar, and I guess Jennifer Lawrence curses all the time, so half of it was from her, that which was rather amusing. How funny that she couldn't just, like, speak freely. They're like, listen, Rue is here. Amanda is, like, 10. Yeah, gotta stay nice for her. But I think this is another one with like huge fandom. So you can find if you need even more fun facts, there's like lists of like 50 facts you need to know about Hunger Games. They're annoyingly not separated by book and movie. So I like I know it's always a blur. And I was like trying not to look at the movie ones. But what did you like better? Um, I think the book for sure. Me too. That's the second time in a row. We're really coming around. I know. We finally figured it out. Yeah, I think the book just like gives you the details you need in a it way like a movie can't. A page turner. It was just moving. I was. Yeah, like, I know. I was having a good time reading it. Yeah, this was probably my, I feel like the strongest week for me, at least with book and movie where I felt like there wasn't there was never a point where I was prepping for this, where I was like bored or struggling to get through it. I was like thoroughly enjoying both. I was like, this is a great time. I haven't yeah. revisited those since I was younger too. So it was just like fully a fun time. Yeah, I think the closest I've had is through um, Miss Margot, um, Colton's little sister. Because she, I think, recently went through them all. So I gotcha. saw, I heard like bits and pieces from her. So the fandom is still alive and well and recruiting new members. What are you reading besides books about kids killing each other i (laughs) i am still reading i think i was reading this last week too um the force of such beauty i'm in the home stretch of it i highly recommend it's very good it's by barbara borland i just finished a book that i kind of liked it was called when we fall apart by someone named soon wiley and i got it because he's like a local author like he grew up where i live so i saw him and I like listen to him talk about it but then I read it and it it's a book about a guy who's dating someone casually and then she dies by suicide and he's trying to figure out what happened and then it's like alternating chapters with her 
explaining sort of what happened in a very 13 reasons why kind of way where it felt like the whole point when I got to the end was like what he learned I don't know it felt very him centric even though it did give her a voice and it did give her like the first person narrative and he was third person it really tried to like get close to her it just felt like she was like her story was entirely a vehicle for like his understanding of like his own life in a way that it was a little bit weird. I don't I think I love that. I kept reading and hoping that something would happen or some sort of turn would make me like, oh, okay, that's not what he's doing with this whole book. But it was. I got to the end and it was very much like, here's what I learned in this experience. And I was like, huh. Yeah, way okay. to make something that's not about you, about you. So that's what I'm reading. Re- try it if you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A strong recommendation. I was going to say with my book, it's giving me more appreciation for Meghan Markle than I've ever had. So I thought you'd be happy about that because usually I'm a hater. I did look good. I, I was with you when you were reading it. They're all available. I got the link wrong last time. So let me correct it. It's bookshop.org slash shop slash movies better. Yeah, right. I ah. forgot the last time. So. Perfect. And we'll also have that linked on our Instagram, which is at movies better. Yeah, right. And it's M-O-V-I-E-S-B-E-T-T-E-R-Y-A-W-R-I-T-E. Nailed it. We're getting better. Faster. Better, faster, stronger. We'll be announcing tomorrow, but you get a sneak peek now what our book is for next time. Yes. Long for the Ride by Sarah Dessen. In the Netflix movie. Yes, I am very excited for that one. I love Destin, so. It sort of also was, we can talk about this next time, but one of the reasons we started the podcast was watching this together. But next week we'll be back to like Heartstopper romance vibes, I think. It's hard that this one was such a serious topic, but like doesn't feel like it's taken seriously. Like people always focus on like the wrong things. Like PETA and Katniss falling in love. I feel like that's not the point, but that's the only thing anyone ever talks about. And then the author's like, I'm telling you, it's about the just war theory. It's about her choosing. Everyone's like, shut up. What team are you on? Yeah. Who's hotter? Alrighty. Well, next week we will be lighter, airier. Swoonier. Swoonier. Bye.